Hey there, welcome to another Tesla Motors Club podcast. My name is Lewis. I'm Mike. I'm Doug. <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about some interesting updates around LiDAR and the latest in LiDAR technology. Uh, there's also some huge news in FSD beta for those of you that loves self-driving and all things self-driving. And there's a few other smaller topics we'll talk about. Uh, episode number 27 starts now. Hey there, we're back. We are <laughs> here. How is everyone? Doing well, thank you. I'm about 30 pounds heavier, but yeah. Yeah, yeah did everyone good have hot. a good Thanksgiving, hopefully? We cheated. We went we out cheated. to a restaurant. No cooking over here. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a... What about leftovers, though, man? I feel like the best part of Thanksgiving is the leftovers. Not to get into a non-Tesla rant, but yeah. non-Tesla rant time, no. Um, but it is. it must be nice to not have to clean up and do all the it's, cooking. And- I've done the cooking for the last five years, and mm-hmm. it's nice to take a break. We went out to gotcha. our favorite place, had Steak Diane, you know, all the trimmings. Nice. Worked for me. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm well, glad that... That worked out. I had uh, I had dinner with some friends, which is what I normally do. Uh, but my brother sent me a message, and my brother tried to go to like a restaurant, uh, and uh, apparently they had overbooked, and Oops. he got there, <laughs> and, and, and he had to wait for a long time. They had booked for inside. Basically, he sends me this message. He's like, "How's your Thanksgiving?" He's like, uh, "They were supposed to put us inside, but they put us outside, and it's freezing. <laughs> oh. outside, eating in the cold." I'm like, "That's." That sounds terrible yeah. and hilarious. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, here in Southern California, you get to go outside and enjoy a little bit of weather, but it, it worked out for us. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I agree with Doug. I'm also a few pounds heavier. I weighed myself today and went, oh, boy. <laughs> Ooh. Um, we're finally, finally finishing up all the leftovers. So, uh, yeah, we'll get back into a normal routine. Hey, Jones, one, I see you in the chat. Long, long time listener. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yes, I, I apologize. We are operating on Elon time. I saw your comment, uh, Hassan. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll jump into it. I mean, so interesting interesting news ar- around lidar. There seems to be some some. Well, let's. There's a couple topics. I guess first we can tackle the big merger. Um, so this happened earlier in the month. Um, but now there's there's been a consolidation of LiDAR manufacturers. Um, there's two big manufacturers. Uh, one's called Ouster, I believe, and one is called Velodyne. Um, and I guess they quote-unquote merged, but like they, they're keeping Velodyne the name since they're New York Stock Exchange. Velodyne is, is the well-known bigger, company. Everyone's yeah. known about Velodyne. If you look at any of the the project cars from over the years you see those big spinning things those are all velodyne uh units and then they later came up with a puck that's sort of more of a hockey puck kind of style thing uh but they're they're probably the leader in that kind of lidar which i would argue is not the kind of lidar that will you know go to consumers because it's uh, too many moving parts and uh and expensive and it's ugly who wants a giant thing sticking off the top of their car right 
Well, um, well Doug, Doug keeps talking about wanting a new camera in the front of his car. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what he had in mind. <laughs> also, a spinning LiDAR on the front of your car kind of cuts right. off 180 degrees of usefulness. <laughs> yeah, details, details. <laughs> well, the, the kind of LiDAR that will be in cars should be a sort of a solid state thing that is just a nice sort of linear array. And it that particular unit would only get you know, maybe 130 degrees, but they should be cheap enough that you can put them everywhere you need them. And uh, so that should be sure. fine. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm and i sure Velodyne is work, is, has those already. They're making them. Yeah. Those are some of the components that are ending if, up. If you, if you look at, at what they have available, they were working on that kind of thing. And the other company, Oster. <laughs> that's a, yeah, Oster, Oyster. That's a blender company, sure. so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, not Oyster. It's, it's O-U-S-T-E-R. So uh-huh. Oster, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Um, oh, you know, if you look at what they what they were selling, you know, basically the same kind of product detail. So this is sort of a... There's no, they're not really complementary companies in terms of, you know, one had a particular technology and the other one had another and that, you know, together they expand the product line. It's really, they're doing the same stuff and, um, and well, guess what, you know, autonomy hasn't quite uh, advanced as quickly as people thought. Both these companies went public uh, a couple of years ago and, uh, and had a nice, you know, spike with their, their uh, share price uh, based on that anticipation. And as the years have gone on <laughs> and we see that, well, it's not here yet and we don't know when it will be here. Um, you know, it's not quite fusion energy, but, uh, you know, it's still taking its time. Uh, their stock prices have, have gone down uh, along with the overall sort of global um, recession that may be coming. So, so yeah, I mean, this seemed to be like, uh, let's, uh, let's join to survive. Right. An efficiency consolidation, right? They can streamline operations, cut. Basically, it screws over a ton of people that work in the various departments like, you know, finance and HR and all those things. So you don't need overlap in those. The redundancies. It, the yeah, all the redundancies. Right. But yeah. but at least it's it's good uh, for autonomous driving and companies that are interested in LiDAR technology. It should um make a, I don't know, single supply chain maybe more effective um, or cost. Although if they kind of consolidate it down to just them, they can charge whatever they want, right? Yeah. So maybe maybe prices go up as competition goes down. Well, that, that may be true, except they're they're they can't raise their prices too much because they're competing with the with the cameras. That's true. And cameras are cheap. You know, so they're, they have they're to differentiate themselves somehow. True. And, and there are newer uh, LiDAR companies these days also. I mean, Velodyne really is the legacy company and that, you know, they had that first sort of thing with the big heavy spinning stuff. And there are newer companies that go straight into the solid state uh, you sure. know, path. So and, and that will be, you know, the thing that will actually end up in cars. At least that's my opinion. So, uh, you know, they have to compete with those guys, too, even though it's sort of newer guys. Um, you know, they're, they don't have all that overhead of, you know, of a more expensive product that they need to continue to support. So do you think you think these companies have kind of got the fire lid under them after watching Elon basically chuck everything except cameras, saying cameras is what's going to make it work? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if I was a, if I was in a LiDAR company, I'd be looking at that going, hmm, maybe I need to step up my game a little bit, you know. Um, well, I mean, it, it ultimately is price, right? It just has to be cheap. Cameras is are it, super cheap. Is it ultimately price or is it ultimately safety and liability? 
Oh, well, those things too, but ultimately, <laughs> I mean, they're always multi, an engineering problem. Spoken like a true engineer. <laughs> and engineering problems, you're trying to optimize several things at once, and it's all about, okay, what's your compromise between safety and cost, right? Uh, Let's and, be clear, in a capitalistic market, <laughs> cost is the number one driver. All those but, other things yeah, just but, need to be but, good but enough. people may but, pay more for safety, right? Yeah, right. well, but cost, if you're looking at it from a company point of view, my cost I've got a hard cost, which is the cost of the widget. Then I've got a soft cost of liability. If somebody says, I cut a penny on my LIDAR sensor and caused somebody's death, and my company is now liable, I have to pay that. That's money out of my profit. So sure. did, did I really save anything? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Well, for, for these to be consumer products, uh, cost is the, the main barrier uh, to get there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would say even, I mean, Elon is very stubborn, uh, and he's, sort of, and he's made his, <laughs> his, he's made his blanket statements about LIDAR, uh, being a, you know, a local minima or whatever. And it's, yeah. and it's a dead end, that kind of thing. But, uh, I have to hope, uh, once it's cheap enough and once they got their vision system down, then they can start adding back in these other type of sensors uh, to give that added safety factor, especially if they're cheap, you know? Right. Yeah. So uh, R Hassan asks, you know, would LIDAR detectors be better at detecting road debris and stationary objects, even if they were 180 degrees forward facing? Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, it depends obviously. And, and I like, you know, drive electric USA even said that in his comment, right. I think it depends on who you ask. Um, so, you know, a lot of positives, negatives for LIDAR and camera only and other sensors. So asking, asking us, since you are asking us, um, <laughs> I, I would, I would say that, uh, LIDAR does have the capability to see things in a way that the cameras can't. So there are certain conditions and certain objects and things that LIDAR will do a better job for. Yeah, I mean, sure. obviously it, it depends but, on what the debris is, right? Yeah. But it depends on what it is. So I, I would imagine, and I don't want to put words in Mike and Doug's mouths, so I'll let them give their spiel. Why but, stop now? I mean, why stop now? <laughs> um, so from, from my perspective, if you can simplify the stack um, to where you have clear understanding of when to rely on the data from the various sensors, I kind of would prefer to have different types of sensors. So camera plus LIDAR plus radar, all those types of things. And if you know when to prioritize which ones under which conditions, I think that's probably your best holistic view, right? Like we have multiple senses, we have eyes, we have ears, we have whatever. Um, and there's times where you prioritize one over another, depending on the circumstance. Um, can you do it entirely just with one versus the other? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, so. I, I think you could with enough advancement in sensor quality and the software and things like that. But I also think it's probably easier in some cases to have additional sensors. Do I think they're necessary? No. And do I think that adding sensors just blindly, they're just like, Hey, let's cram sensors on. Will that just make it better? Absolutely not. That can all absolutely make things worse. So you just need to be intelligent in how you use them. That's kind of my spiel. I don't know. I'll let, yeah, I would say to like to answer his question, right? He's saying, uh, would it be better at detecting road debris? It, if it's a, a nice three dimensional object, right? <laughs> That's the thing that LIDAR will tell you is, is depth. 
<clears throat> without, um, I mean, there's some processing, there's some calculation in there, but, but, uh, that's a very fast, uh, calculation. It's not, doesn't need to do any sort of learning or interpretation of an image to, to see depth. Um, so if you have some box, uh, then yeah, sure. It will see it better. Um, you can't, you can't only have LIDAR though. LIDAR alone right. won't work. You, you need cameras to, to drive. Yep. I, you know, I think a lot about like the early days, um, the DARPA Grand Challenge, uh, and uh, Sebastian Thurn and that and that the Stanford team that that won that uh, that uh, competition, which was uh, they had like a Volkswagen SUV that uh, had those Velodyne uh, lidar and and cameras, um, and the Stanford team won, and their approach was to use the lidar to get a 3D representation of the road, and they had the camera overlay and what they are able to do was use the LIDAR to label the camera image so that they could see, okay, what's the drivable road part. I mean, this was all dirt road, which was in the desert, but um, and this was with minimal kind of like, I don't think this was even using any kind of machine learning type stuff. It was just sort of a direct right. algorithm, but it's like, okay, here's a certain contrast and color range. And LiDAR has said, this is the part of the road that we can drive on. And then the camera, which was a bit faster and gives us the image and we see sort of further down, that's what uh, was controlling it. So those two were working together and, uh, and that was a, a great strategy that, you know, allowed them to, to win the, win the competition. Sure. And, uh, you know, I would like to see that, that going forward, uh, that kind of thing, as opposed to, okay, uh, you know, all that signal is noise as, as Elon and, Andre Capathy uh, oh, said, is, "Isn't that really what Volvo is working towards? Kind of mi mixing up the sensors and, and getting multiple inputs." Well, I mean, you could argue that that's what Tesla used to do. Uh, you know, they uh, always right. they always didn't do lidar, <laughs> but they you know they, they had, had radar, radar and they had ultrasonic sensors, and yep. and they touted all that stuff uh, until you know recently. You know, progressively, they've right. uh, as they're as they're solving the uh the machine learning problem they're just trying to make their problem simpler and uh and cheaper so they're you know tossing out the those other those other sensors uh, i'm just hoping in the future that they will start adding them back in right yeah i mean it's you know there's different sensors excel at different things um when i uh when i worked in metrology uh in semiconductor right we had camera based sensors we had uh, you know, interferometers, which are somewhat similar to LiDAR, we're basically shining light on things and looking at it bounce so back the, and using that to determine distance, stuff, right? Yeah. The thickness of things. The you know, we're doing distances and topography. So, I mean, the the thing there is though, like in some materials, in some circumstances, one sensor was better than another, and a human was making that determination, right? When they would set things up um, with a car, it's a difficult problem because you need to handle all things at all times, and there are some things where it's like. You know, for example, say say you do have something that goes in front of your car on the road. Well, LiDAR might see something, right? It might bounce back and say, hey, there's a thing here. And it goes, oh, no, I need to emergency brake or I need to swerve or I need to do something. But what if that thing has no density, right? It's like it's a sheet. It's a whatever. It's something that you should just drive right through. Yeah, plastic well, you now are, do I swerve into the car next to me? Do I slam on the brakes and cause the guy behind me to rear end or do I just go through it? Well, you need to know what that thing is, right? Humans make, we see those things. We make those determinations. Oh, it's a garbage bag. I'm going to go over it. Oh, it's a box. It's a cardboard box that's empty, you know, whatever. Like we can make, figure that thing, those things out. So 
it's not a it's not a cut and dry like just always do this thing you know yeah drive electric says he has an issue he's had an issue with uh tumbleweeds so yeah i had i had that exact situation just uh i don't know just a couple days ago on a long drive there was a truck i guess it had trash or recycling or something and what i eventually figured out was a pizza box like empty pizza box came out and then landed right in front of me and uh yeah i had to make a quick determination there is, yeah, it was flat. So, okay. you know, do I swerve or no? I just drive. Just go just over drive it. over it, right? Just it's low enough that the car is not going to hit anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I see with a slammed on the brakes. Well, I have to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if, <laughs> if it saw it at all, <laughs> I didn't do anything about it. But um, I wasn't quite sure because that looked like a big kind of construction truck. I was like, oh, is that construction debris or whatever? Yeah, but it's a cinder block. Realized, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a cinder block. Is it is something going to stick up and you know? take out my battery or what, but, uh, yeah, it was just a pizza box. I could safely drive over it, but, uh, yeah, it took me, a took me a while to figure out what it was and what to do. And, uh, swerving probably would have been bad with uh, other traffic around me. So. Right. And then, you know, it depends on the circumstance. Sometimes we go something around me. I'm just going to swerve around it. Cause I don't know what's in it. Right. So yeah, there's no yeah, risk. Play it so. safe. Play it computer, safe, right? Computers so, don't know how to play it safe. You know? <laughs> but, but but that's yeah. a judgment call. That's fuzzy logic, as they like to say. Yeah. You know, I was just going to say, you know, that's something that are at least in my car, it's not very good at is these real gray areas of, you know, the human looks at it and says, "Oh, I can do this because," and it's got a whole list of reasons in your head. No traffic. It's dry. I'm at a safe speed. And you just go around it. No big deal. Other days you might drive over it, like Doug did. No big deal. The computer doesn't think that way, generally speaking. At least my car certainly doesn't. It's very black and white. You know, if, if it doesn't see it, that's one thing. But if it sees it, it probably would have slammed on the brakes or tried to do a high-speed avoidance turn, which it tried mm -hmm. once. Scared the hell out of me. But Do you, do you <laughs> swerve for, for squirrels? Do I? No. I do. I, I will, if it's safe, I will swerve for a squirrel. I, I don't I, know I'm not wiping out my $60,000 car for a squirrel. <laughs> so... <laughs> What's funny, Doug, is you went exactly where I was going, where I was thinking of going <laughs> yeah. is what do we get? You know, eventually it's going to come to a point as the system's doing more and more. We're like right now, humans have different judgment calls on where they do Absolutely. Things, right. If someone sees a dog or a cat or a coyote or a squirrel or whatever, like you have wildlife go through, some people are going to stop. Some people are going to swerve. And then there's some people that are going to drive right through, right? Depending on the size of the animal, um, yep. a bird, right? Like, the bird goes out on the road, like, well, we know the bird's going to move, generally speaking. Um, if you Some, even see it. Not always, <laughs> Some, you know, sometimes. Um, and so anyway, so it'll be interesting to see, like, as these autonomous computers take over, are they going to, what are they going to do? Is it going to be a setting? Is it going to be like my Mad Max mode versus my, you know, well, my murder or no had, murder mode? When right. I had FSD, when I actually had FSD beta, I had... I think it was a skunk go across the road in front of me and the car never did see it. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure what the, the sweet spot is for size versus distance, but a skunk is what the size of a, maybe a big cat, you know, small dog never saw it. And now granted it was at night, which FSD seemed to have issues with anyway. Really wouldn't see it. <laughs> so if only that's how lit it is. If I had yeah. lidar, I could see it. Yeah, yeah, lidar <laughs> probably could have seen it, depending on the the angle of the of the uh, of the detector. I um, mean, yeah, that I, brings up the ultrasonic issue, right? Because mm -hmm. Tesla has ultrasonic. Well, they had ultrasonics, and they did not see that low to the ground, right? <laughs> so it maybe would see it. I, it yeah. stopped for. Um, uh, 
a deer. I had a deer like right in front of me. That's kind of hard to miss. Yeah, kind of hard <laughs> to miss. But it, I had a, a previous thing with a deer like that was walking right towards the lane and I saw it and I swerved to not hit the deer and the deer seemed completely oblivious and I don't think uh, <laughs> the car did anything. Uh, but in this time, and that was at highway speed, this is now like maybe more local, like 40 miles an hour. And, uh, and a deer was just directly in front. Uh, and the car did at least slow down. <laughs> it actually slowed down for the deer. <laughs> so that's, it sounds like, so I just want to point out highway speed on a highway versus local driving. So was that old autopilot stuff versus modern FSD stack? Both these were FSD because this was a, uh, but, but it, you know, it was like maybe one or two updates ago oh, gotcha. uh, where there was a, a deer walking out to my left. I think I sent you the video or at least an, a still image of it. Um, mm -hmm. and, did. and it was, it was a road that would, that you drive 55 on. It was the kind of road that would give you autopilot, but not navigate on autopilot. And sure. so, uh, in that case, it would be FSD uh, beta working, and it had the yeah. FSD uh, you know visualization, but it didn't didn't do anything. I don't gotcha. know, maybe because it was coming from the side, I just didn't even notice it. And it was dusk; it was kind of dark, so maybe just never saw it. <laughs> yeah, our Hanson's got the right idea. We just need to better educate deer on traffic safety. <laughs> That's right. Have you ever seen their the resources? There are places that where they build those like animal land bridges, right? Oh yeah, where they do. Well, we have one not too far it, from here, and it actually works. Like animals do effectively learn. Like this is an area that's safer to cross, and they don't cross the roadways as much. So I mean, that's not a. Or it could uh, just be natural selection. A <laughs> <laughs> dumb deer, right? <laughs> yeah, it could, it could be the ones that go over the land bridge, live and procreate, and the rest of them die off. That's true. But oh, well. either way, it's good. It's positive for us. So, um, so speaking on this lidar uh, topic, right? Of you know, lidar companies merging and all of that. Um, there's a big announcement out of Volvo with their new cars. There was. Um, so basically, uh, they're the new. I guess the EX90 and possibly other models as well. I know this model specifically. They said. Um, they're going to start shipping LiDAR standard with their car. Um, so I don't know. Uh, did you, have you looked at the Volvos at all? I know, Mike, you were, you've been big into looking so, at different EVs. So I, I looked at Volvo, uh, which at the time was their recharge line. Mm -hmm. Polestar is a Volvo in disguise. Sure. Okay. And what I'm seeing now is we looked at Polestar. We were very impressed with the build quality and how the car was put together and just the overall package. We didn't like the interior design for us. That was literally the only reason we didn't go with a Polestar. But now I'm seeing the Polestar technology start to trickle back to Volvo. In fact, I just saw an ad today on one of the new uh, hybrids from Volvo saying Polestar engineering. So there's, they're starting to get a little crossover back and forth. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, Volvos for years have been known, at least when I was young, they were, were known safe, to be a safe conservative. Right? Yep. They were very safe. They were usually not the nicest looking, right? It wasn't the flashy car. People were going to be like, look but, how yeah, sexy the, the this car is. Not bad. Very boxy, they used to be. Yeah, yeah, somewhat boxy, but they were known to be extremely safe. And as someone in the comments said, you know, and during this, you know, LiDAR is really a safety feature. It's more about safety 
in you know an enhancement right as as doug said you can't have an only lidar autonomous vehicle you need cameras no matter what but lidar adds some level of safety um so it's interesting to see that volvo being known for their safety concern uh of baking lidar into everything so yeah see this this is where i miss sob because Saab had uh, performance, looks, and safety. Yeah, of course they had some weird things going with the car, but <laughs> so we should say the um, the lidar and the Volvo is from uh, Luminar, uh, which is you know another sort of lidar company uh, that yep. has various products that you know, and, and they could sell that to other manufacturers as well, not just lidar, uh, not just Volvo. Uh, but hey, what's interesting is that here is a manufacturer that is okay, actually ship shipping a vehicle to consumers with LIDAR. Uh, yeah. I mean, as, um, I mean, I guess, you know, Faraday Future was was touting that they'd have LIDAR and stuff like that, but yeah, I don't know. Faraday's not out in the wild yet. How they're doing anything. Uh, so uh, so that, that's significant because uh, that means that uh, this sensor is now is made cheap enough that it's going to, you know, be delivered. Uh, um, to to consumers, so that's uh, that's interesting. It's also interesting that if you look at you know the the copy for uh, for this this vehicle that uh, Volvo is selling. I mean they you know they have all the sensors, right? <laughs> they have uh, yeah. a ton of ton of ultrasonics. Like I think at least three different radars going on. Uh, they have they have the the lidar, which is kind of nicely integrated with the car. Um, it's it's sort of a a front-facing array unit, uh, which I believe has like 120 degrees of uh, horizontal. Now, when you, when you say array, I, and this is a, mm-hmm. a technical geeky question. So mm-hmm. I'm used to working with phased arrays, mm-hmm. all right, where you've got software-driven diode transmitter arrays. But LiDAR is not that. LiDAR seems to have what, a laser with a, with a, a set of mirrors. Is that correct? Well, I mean, I don't actually know what the physical makeup of this device is. Your standard LiDAR, like the Velodyne, the sort of spinning Velodyne thing, it's a single laser okay. and a single detector. And this mechanical mirror is spinning. And uh, and so you get uh, the spinning that gives you a horizontal sweep. And then it's right. also it gives you a sweep back sweep. and forth. Sure. So it's rastering. Uh, but but it's that, mechanical. That's so. mechanical, right. So um, there are many ways you could do it in sort of solid state physics. You could have a, <laughs> you could you could have a, a laser array. You could you could have them phased. You could do that kind of thing just to sweep a signal. Uh, you can use uh, some uh, electro optical devices also, where you apply a a voltage and that changes the index every fraction. And you could you could steer that. So there there are yeah. different ways it could be done. I don't actually know, but I would think you know if a, a solid one solid state solution would be you have a linear array of, of lasers because that's something you can do. Right, basically um, turn off each bit as you go. Right. Um, but I, I don't actually know. I'd like to see a breakdown of what this Luminar sensor is. It, it might, it could just be, you could just have a, it could be mechanical too. You could have like I, I'd a, be surprised like if it was mechanical yeah. in a car that's expecting to be on the road for 10 years, 15 years. Right. I mean, that's the idea. If, it's, if it's unlikely if to be. It, yeah. Right. So if you can do it completely solid state, then you're not worried about shock and uh, exactly. vibration, wear and tear, sort of breakage, blah blah blah. Right. And and if and if it is solid state, then you can just you know you you make it in a fab and and these things, um, the pricing scales. Uh, I mean, you can reduce the price with scale. 
uh, sort of like the the limitation of uh, mechanical hard drives versus solid versus state drives. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's always going to be some base cost of this thing that has magnetic platters that have to spin. You know, yeah. as as the I mean, you just sort of watch them the years. Right, you're, you're always going to at least spend you know thirty or fifty bucks on a on a hard drive. Uh, whereas, you know, that, that SSD is going to get cheaper and cheaper. Um, Which yeah. we've seen. I mean, the average consumer yeah. has actually seen that. I mean, SSD drives used to be very expensive sure. for a very small amount of disk. And yet now sure. you can go into Staples and, you know, buy a terabyte for 50 bucks. But even, even back in the mid-2000s, whatever you want to call that decade, uh, you could just look <laughs> at, you could just draw a line and look at, oh, okay, this crossover is going to happen here. And it pretty much did in terms of when, when it made sense to go SSD. Um, so anyway, that's just an example. So I expect, expect that with LiDAR as well. So yeah. I just, while, while you were all gabbing, so for those that don't know, <laughs> don't, <laughs> so, so, so I should clarify, <laughs> is, well, no, 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 I mean, so I, I have a background in, you know, physics and optics a bit. Doug, even more so, was a physics, optic, you know, optical physics uh -huh. guy, worked in a lot of labs and stuff. Um, I was just curious, so I was looking at what they tend to do, um, and it's actually similar to what I envisioned I would probably do from the systems that I worked on. So generally, it's single single beam, mm -hmm. um, and they do Makes time sense. of flight sensor array to capture the the data coming back. Um, so there's no moving parts. There's no mechanical Yay, parts. No moving parts. Um, so that's okay. Usually, but where you, I mean, sure, time of flight that gives you the z distance, right? But right. how do they uh, how do they get the x and y with that? I think, elevate. I think what it is is I think it's a wide beam. Mm -hmm. And they basically the if you think of it almost like where they do like CMOS chip arrays mm -hmm. where you're getting light coming in, they basically have it angled so like light coming into each sensor bucket is based on light that came back from a specific angle. Mm -hmm. Okay, kind of makes sense. So that gives you a one D, uh, right? Uh, well, I suppose you can make it uh, X Y. So you're saying just send out a burst that's wide, uh, but then if you do that though, then your signal is pretty low. Right. It's it's not going to be as accurate as the classic, you know. Well, but how accurate know. does it need to be for a car? Exactly. I mean, we're, we're exactly. not trying to track <laughs> missiles in flight here. Yeah, but you you kind of are. <laughs> yeah. You're going eighty miles an hour, and yeah, the, something else the, might yeah, be yeah. The, okay, so let's say the, the fastest car is two hundred miles an hour and missiles. You know, Mach two, Mach three. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> I. Um, anyway, yeah, that, that kind of measurement can be done fairly quickly, obviously. I mean, we use, right. you know, uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, light travels at the speed of light <laughs> and the electronics are fast. So you can do that calculation fairly quickly, but to have the resolution, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, well, anyway, if, and if, anyway, there anyways. are some that use that are MEMS. There's some that do beam so, steering, as so, you mentioned. So there are, yeah. there's a variety so there are of options. Out there. There are yeah, options, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I'm sure plenty of patents. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so it's interesting. So, um, you know, someone pointed out, I think it was uh, Stefan M pointed out, or like Mercedes, you know, has a, 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 you know, the EQS has LiDAR. There's a yeah. bunch of Chinese OEMs. Um, I think, didn't the, when you were in, where did you go, Vietnam, uh, yeah. Doug? You're right. Mm -hmm. Did, didn't they talk about having LiDAR for their cars as well? Sure. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, so, so I mean, there, there's nothing gonna be... was being delivered Sorry, with it, um, and and I don't even think, 
Yeah, actually, actually, none of the cars I saw were actually being shipped with LiDAR. It's camera-based stuff, but okay. all this was in the service of, uh, of ADAS, you know, um, sure. driver assistance systems. Uh, and I should point out that, uh, you know, Volvo is doing all this stuff and then just specifically right. saying it's for driver's assistance. Driver assistance. It's not- they said, we're, we're not here to, to, to replace the driver. We're, we're here to make the driver better. Okay. <laughs> for now. For now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is the, you know, that's the incremental approach, right? You, you make it better, you know, make it easier for the driver. You get a little bit safer, a little bit safer, and they kind of phase them out eventually. But mm-hmm. I think Volvo's the, in the realistic camp of, yeah, 50 years from now, maybe you don't need a driver. They're not going, or that, you know, they'll buy the, the tech from someone else. They're not trying to develop their own fully autonomous driving software system. Um, well, there's I, been, I, I mean, there's been a lot of like market cap lost over that, right? There's tons of companies. I, I would, I would almost up. say the phrase fully autonomous driving is toxic right now in the automotive <laughs> industry. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bad mojo going around about that. It's almost like saying blockchain in certain circles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it's just true yeah. that, that fully autonomous was, was expected by now and it's not quite there. And, um, not quite and, there. You're being charitable. Yeah. Well, that, um, <laughs> something interesting and somewhat wise that uh, Martin Eberhard said a while back, back when uh, back when Tesla was started, that uh, you know you want to get into something just just before it's possible. <laughs> you know, like uh, like I think he made his money on uh, like e-readers or something, right? It was just before it was possible. Like, okay, you can get a screen cheap enough and. And uh, and you know put a battery in, and you can have a little ebook or whatever. And then that was a key with with Tesla also that lithium ion batteries were just just barely just there. ready, yep, just ready. Uh, and it was a you know repurposing of well, of, you know, wasn't wasn't Tesla's claim to fame was figuring out the ability to mass manufacture the battery in quantity. Uh, well, I mean, I, mean, I remember a lot lithium. of claim to fame. Well, they do, but, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, we had lithium batteries before Tesla, but I don't recall yeah, we did. anybody I making say, them in the huge quantities that you would I, need for a car. I wouldn't say like, okay, maybe by the time of the Model S, but, uh, the, the Roadster was still very low, um, yep, very low volume. volume. And I would say at that point, the claim to fame wasn't the, you know, rate or speed of manufacture. It was just packing them together and doing it safely. Um, so the, like directly cooling them, each cell is individually fused um, so that, you know, uh, you could have a chance of preventing and surviving thermal runaway. If yeah. you're lucky. My, my, <laughs> I have to point out my sister, like over, ho- or over Halloween, sorry, over Thanksgiving, <laughs> my sister sent me an article of like, Oh, here's a Tesla that was on fire, like concerned because I drive a Tesla and I was just like, yeah. Oh boy. So I had, to, I had to go through this, you know, it's fine. Yeah. That oh. happens all the time with gas cars. It's still very low risk. Well, yada, yada, yada. No. And it's not like anyone was in the car when it caught fire. It was just, someone just was, had that happen at SEMA. One of the, yeah. uh, one of the SEMA vehicles, it looked like an off-road buggy. Uh, the battery pack caught fire and they were having to push it outside. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of those uh, for some years, uh, like around you know, twenty ten or something around there. And they had all these, all, all these people, you know, trying to do their project EVs, and typically it was because of cheap Chinese cells and bad, uh, 
battery management. So we should, we should point out that it is not because they are Chinese cells. That is the problem is because they are cheap cells. Well, cheap, <laughs> cheap materials. I, w- I would say, but at the time, yes, it, you know, China was putting out cells that, you know, the variation was high and the, the sure. quality of the, uh, of the cells was not yeah, good. That's, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I remember, at the time, if you wanted to do a do-it-yourself project, you had to meter every single cell and kind of figure out which ones you could package together without going too far off one end or the other. There's high variation, and, <laughs> and some of them weren't even getting, like, early days. weren't Like, you expect some nice, clean Panasonic factory or whatever, and here is more like rolling cigars, you know? <laughs> you, can, you can imagine. Rolling so, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, looks, looks good to me. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that's uh, not so great. And of course, people pushing them to the, their limits also. So. I just have to say, those hand rolled cigars are fantastic. So don't that's knock right. the the crap. How the hand rolled lithium? Yeah, the hand rolled. Don't smoke, kids. It's bad. For that's you, right. You it's bad for you. Well, you don't inhale. Cigar, well, man. yeah, I mean, don't let the smoke out of the chips either. It's yeah, bad too. Right. So. Well, the magic smoke is what makes it work. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep it inside, though. Got to keep it inside. <laughs> So um, on, on the LiDAR topic, uh, you know, a few other minor things to talk about. So uh, Luminar, as Doug mentioned, is the company making the LiDAR for the Volvos um, cars that are going to be shipping with them. He, uh, the CEO, uh, Austin Russell, had some not so friendly things to say about Tesla, about Elon, and basically, you know, said that it's BS. There's no way. I think the words he said were there's no credible path without LiDAR or something like that. Um, so of course, he's uh, got to say that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got he's got a direct stuff. competitor that sells a right, technology right. that Tesla's basically said isn't unnecessary. So, <laughs> so yeah. actually, riddle me a this. little you shade think, thrown though. Oh, so, so you, you think there's going to be a difference between the consumer car that we drive now versus the big rigs like Tesla selling? You know, they've got their version of the big rig, Renault's got their truck that they're selling. Yeah, that's a different environment when you're dealing with something that size and you got very tight clearances when you're trying to park in a distribution center. Uh, you think they might put LIDAR back in or radar back in? Are you implying they're going to require ultrasonic sensors for their big rig trucks? I'm just asking. <laughs> I think Mike is still upset about this. That they were moving <laughs> ultrasonic you know, it's like... I mean, I've been asking that question too. Like in terms of the, see, the I, I, I've got semi, friends in high places. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the semi and that sort of stuff, like how much? It definitely has cameras, right? Because we've seen the screen. Well, without stuff, a doubt. But but, you, but how I mean, much that's a uh, lot FSD of type stuff is going to go into the semi? I, I would uh, think they would have enough for self parking because that's always been the bane of a truck. I mean. If you're a really good trucker, you can park, but most guys are struggling a bit. They can't even yeah, well, my my ass struggling a bit <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right, I'm going to auto sum of my truck. Yeah. <laughs> my Tesla can barely park itself. Uh, it's, got a, it's got like a 50% uh, success rate. And if you, if you factor in how long it takes, it's... Uh, it's much lower than me. Well, so. Like the little chirp, you know, the roll forward, back, roll forward, back. It's done that. And then I've had to just quit. It's just, I'm done. I'm, I'm not doing anything else. And the car's it's like tired. halfway sticking out. Like, we're done. <laughs> it didn't even like abort. It just kind of just sat there. I'm like, are, are you going to do anything? <laughs> What's happening? 
I have to admit, I've never actually tried to use that feature for my car, just from the stories Doug has told me <laughs> and, I, and how much I paid for it. I'm just like, I'm not interested. I don't well, need the feature. First, you need to even get the option to use it, right? Like, okay, I pulled along. Here's the place I can park. And then you're like, well, it, you know, you're yeah, waiting for the little P and, and it's done. It, shows. It's you not back up and right. go again. Space, you know, yeah. It, see, you know, but, see, I wouldn't but, even know what it looks like to tell you that you have the option. So, yeah. well, so, so I was kind of blind when I walked into my first Tesla, you know, so I get my car, I've had it like two days. I'm going to the supercharger. I'm going to supercharge just like the big boys do. And I, I go to self park the car in the super, and it just throws up its hands. I can't do this. And I'm thinking in the car, what the hell's up with this? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> can't even park self-park in your own parking lot that's no. right that's right <laughs> oh yeah. man so <laughs> there's one other kind of i don't know if it's big news but a big thing that came out was a potential hacking concern with lidar um so i think it was on hack a day uh about a week <laughs> ago they literally uh there's a research paper that they they wrote about where they ba researchers essentially showed how you can fool a LiDAR-based system uh, into not seeing pedestrians or other cars or whatever you want it to not see, um, which will obviously could lead to autonomous accidents. I do want to point out before we dig into this that it's funny that they're like, oh, look at this way that we can trick this. You can do the same thing to cameras. You can do the same yep. thing to yep. radar. You can do the same. So like all sensors... Are, can be fooled or have weaknesses in this regard. Um, but anyway, so I don't know. Thoughts, Doug, is this, does this concern you for the LIDAR <laughs> um, cars out there? Well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Maybe it's a ray of hope uh, against the robo uh, apocalypse uh, that we can kind of <laughs> hide ourselves from the, uh, from the robots that come to kill us. What, uh, Sky, uh, Skynet's not going to find you because you're going to be wearing your stealth jacket. <laughs> I, I wear my, uh, you know, my REM, you know, radar absorbing material jacket, and uh, you know, try to try to hide that way. Um, I mean, sure. I mean, you can you can uh, shoot a laser at a camera and blind it. Uh, so all these things are trickable. I think what it is a what what it what it really tells you though is that. You, multiple ways, multiple sensors, multiple ways of detecting things are important, right? Like agree, if, a, right. If, a, if, a, if it's too dark, you can't see anything with a the camera, then you have LiDAR. There's a guy that um, I think set up a, a projector in his garage. And so he's just projecting a screen in front of his car. And, you know, autopilot FSD is identifying all this stuff. So it's just looking at a movie. Right. So, and it's, and so like that's you're looking at two two dimensional servers and it thinks it's seeing stuff. Right. So if it had some LIDAR information as well, I'd say, OK, this is just a brick wall. I mean, what happens when it's like, um, you know, the roadrunner and the coyote situation where someone draws a tunnel right. <laughs> on a brick wall? Is the car going to drive right into the brick wall? I think right now it is. Right. Without radar and without uh, without sonar or, or, or ultrasonics or anything. Right. So, so uh, it's certainly a, a possible uh, issue. And I, I, and I agree. I think in the long, in the long term, you will have redundancies in various technologies. And so it's likely that Tesla well, does cameras now and 10 years okay. from now, 20 Re years from now. Redundancy is key, adding. but redundancy costs money. And if capitalism yeah. is at play here, then that's the wrong way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Do you know what you need is HD maps, and then you'll know exactly where you're driving. <laughs> you know where, exactly where the fake tunnels are. That's yeah, right. We'll know where all the fake tunnels are. Right, sorry, we we won't go down that road. But um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it's I think it's good that researchers are doing this work because it will push manufacturers. Maybe, hopefully, my hope is that it will push manufacturers to one think about redundancy and two make their systems more resilient. Um, in the sense of, for example, like the the initial, the basic attack, I'll just describe it a little bit of this LiDAR, you know, thing that they came up with is not that they're like, it's it's not that they're like making fake people appear or they're like hiding. It's, it's literally they're sending data to the sensor that causes it to discard point cloud data it has for like a part of the field of view. So it'll go, oh, these degrees over here, I'm getting bad data, so I'm just going to, I got no data, just throws all data out for that angle. And so if there's a person there, it just doesn't know that it's there. So it'd be pretty easy to build, you know, software or things that go, oh, hey, I'm missing part of my field of vision. If I'm going to be driving into that area, I should maybe slow down or tell the driver they have to take over, (laughs) you know, something you would hope. But um, Uh, Ray is saying the cameras can see solid walls. Uh, Okay, yeah, but uh, you can just show it a, a movie, or uh, and it will, it it will think it's not a solid wall. It will think the edge of your of your garage is uh, is the road. So uh, you can fool it. <laughs> so I right. think if you had a, a well enough painted uh, tunnel like the the like the coyote, the coyote. Have or whatever, I think uh, I think I, I yeah. Think I, I, I hear a I hear a weekend project coming up here. Yeah, kind of someone's got to someone's do that. Someone's got to paint my garage door. My wife won't divorce me. I swear. Um, yeah, that would be funny. I mean, although realistically with cameras and this kind of goes to where Tesla maybe needs more redundancy is if you had stereoscopic vision that would improve the quality of you mapping and identifying objects and being able to tell that something looks fake. Right. Mm, The problem right now is you have a single camera looking, so it can't tell 2d from 3d and it's guessing based on it's all 2d. Well, it it does get 3d information by the change of the image. So, um, Mm. It's not. It's it's more of a motion parallax as, as far as stereoscopic uh, image. That makes huh? sense. Are, are you th- are you saying with aspect changes, that's where it picks up the three D from? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Tesla has even shown this where um, it it can create a. It, it's almost like a point cloud, like you would have with lidar, but it it's right. created it with a car driving around a corner, and it has a sense of where something is in space, and then now you've changed its perspective. And that, right. that's essentially what stereoscopic yeah. vision is, yeah. but it's just a temporal difference instead of a spatial difference. Right. Yeah, I mean, so, so uh, uh, George Holtz from uh, Comma AI, he, made, he did a rant on how Tesla basically says LiDAR is useless and then essentially recreated LiDAR with their cameras. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I agree. It's not really the same thing as LiDAR, but essentially, yes, they're still building a point cloud and they're still essentially, you know, 3D mapping an environment. Yeah, I mean the difference is lidar works in the dark. Um, Correct. With that, yeah. yeah. Well, and, yeah, and that's crucial because my FSD did not work good in the dark. I mean, uh, it was always flipping on the high beams, even when I turned them off. It, it was a constant battle. Right. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Think you know things will continue to improve. Technology will continue to advance, and uh, you know 
we'll hope, hopefully we get there. But on on the news of um, of FSD, speaking of all this autonomous driving, oh, yeah. we have officially the announcement. We have a wide release of FSD beta. I wish I had like streamers or something. I could be <laughs> ringing a bell. Um, so so Elon had promised this towards the beginning of this year that by the end of the year they would have a wide release of FSD beta. Um, I was dumbfounded to for it to happen more than a month away from the end of the year because Elon time, right? Normally it means we might do it the 24th hour of the last day of the of, of the, the last time month. Frame, yep. I said, right. But <laughs> but uh no, it's out. It's out today. So if you do not have FSD beta and you are interested, yeah. uh, you have a few options. <laughs> there's a caveat. There's, there's a, a caveat. <laughs> you can you can uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get into all the problems <laughs> with this, but uh, if you don't want to spend fifteen thousand dollars and buying yep, FSD, you can subscribe. I would highly recommend not to. <laughs> As someone who has spent, uh, my, I think mine was twelve thousand. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would recommend not to do that. Um, yeah, two hundred bucks to get it for a month, and you can yep. you can try it out. However. However, Mike, why don't you explain some of the dangers <laughs> of making this decision? Oh, the list is endless. <laughs> okay, so first and foremost is, yes, you can subscribe. Yes, you can get the current beta under subscription. However, you will find if you do this, it will reduce your feature stack because FSD is not synced to the current code release that's non-FSD. Um, and there's been some people that have found this out the hard way where they're on current code base. They subscribe. They pay their one ninety nine ninety nine cents, and when they realize they have to delete the current stack and reinstall to get FSD beta, which is a lower feature set, they go, oh, "No, no, cancel, cancel, cancel." Uh, I want to cancel my subscription, and Tesla says, "Sorry, got your money. You're good for the next month, and we won't refund your money." So they're out one hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, yeah, a- so. Be careful what you wish to be aware of. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So I should point out, you know, thank you, Ray Ray Johnson made a comment. I want the beta in Australia. Wish Elon would hurry up. So I'd to point out, quote unquote, wide release of FSD beta at this point is North America, but I would almost argue I'm not sure that it's wide in Canada yet. I I think it might just be the U.S., the continental U.S. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So don't, so don't, you know, uh, Flame me online when you you know go to try to get it and you don't have it. So at least in the U.S. Um, oh, so Canada. Uh, Alan uh, Taylor saying Canada is included. So excellent. I'm glad to hear that. There you go. Good job, Canada. Unfortunately, you did not win your game <laughs> today, but we won't get into that. Uh, so I'm sorry about the World Cup. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so Canada and the U.S. does have access to FSD Beta Live. So um, as Mike said, the software version. So be we got to be clear. FSD beta currently is always several major versions behind. Yep. Yep. Um, so uh, basically uh, the latest and greatest branch out there is 2022.44, I believe, but most people have 2022.40 something. Uh, and FSD beta is currently on 2022.36. So if you're newer than 36, yeah. you can sign up for FSD beta and they will give you the beta. And then they will essentially downgrade, downgrade your software downgrade. if you accept, and you will go and from dot forty or dot forty four back to thirty six. 
and be prepared because it's about a 45 minute process on a good sure. It takes sure, yeah. it takes a long time for the beta to install. And and please don't freak out. Um, you'll hear your car making all kinds of thunks and chunks and things turn on and things turn off. It's normal. It really is. It's a complete reload. So just let it run. You know, go go inside, get a beer or two, come back out in an hour. <laughs> Indeed. Um, by the same token, if and don't you drive the, your car after those beers. Yeah. So. Well, you got self driving now. <laughs> oh, <no>. Do <laughs> not listen to Mike. <laughs> Do not listen to Mike. <laughs> Please don't. Um, if you get the beta and you decide it's not for you, uh, the process of getting out of the beta is actually pretty straightforward. You need to send an email to Tesla. Uh, they will send back something and, and verify that you really are who you say you are and you want to get out and they want the VIN number of your car. Process takes about four days. At least that's what it took for me. But uh, they I will think there's an even out. faster and easier way to get out of the bay. Have they? Because that's what I had to do. And that oh, was just you, three weeks ago. You just have to uh, violate. Well, the- now, okay, okay. You can, you can give your little sob story in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for the normal people who just want to get out, <laughs> you give them the VIN code. They will remove you from the beta about one to three days after that. They'll push new code out to you and your, your car will pop up and say, Hey, it's time for an update. And what they will do is they will remove the software that has the beta. They'll put you back on the current code release, whatever the base code is. And, and um, I think that you can, you can usually do it through the app as well. I would assume you still can, you can opt out. No, I had to, I had to oh, opt out with email. Um, interesting. Could, you I can't do even do it the on the screen where you no. You, no, I had to send them an email. And so and if, it, it wasn't hard. I mean, it took them a day to write back and say, please give us your VIN number and verify who you are. It wasn't bad. Yeah. So, um, you know, Tom uh, Griner asks, uh, what new features are in build greater than 36? So the FSD peeps are missing out. Um, the only big one that I'm aware of is the driver door unlock mode thing. Uh, can, you get better or, charging. Or it can auto open the door right for you. Yeah, you get um, better charging, which I actually saw a marked improvement on the last release, which came out like I got it four days ago. And I've seen much better charging at the different superchargers I've gone to now. They've, okay. they've matched the preconditioning to the charger that you selected in NAV. Okay. Which is kind of so, yeah, nice. There's a number of bug fixes. There's there's minor tweaks here and there. Um, I'll say, you know, Apple Music is for those that don't know, Apple Music is coming to uh it's to Tesla. Not there, not there um, yet. It's not there yet, but that is gonna be in forty dot fifty, I think. So I'll it is very, I'll be very happy to get away from Spotify. So <laughs> depending on when FSD version eleven goes wide, um, I see a few folks asking the chat, you know, when does that happen? We don't know. Again, I would love it to be this year. Uh, for those that don't know, FSD 11 is the full integrated stack. So you get the new FSD on the highway as well. Right now, when you drive yeah. with Navigate on autopilot, it's the old stack. So anyway, so it, when Apple Music comes out, if we don't upgrade right away with FSD, you might not get that for a little bit. Um, but most of the, like, I don't miss the features. So uh, personally, so, like, because I don't have them, right? I've had beta. Once you have beta for a while, you don't know what you don't have. So you just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. I, I will point out, I do like that this FSD beta, which just went wide, I think we all got into it in the last like week or two, or two weeks, something like that. Um, the uh, the energy graph is back in, in this one. 
Uh, the only Which way I know to get nice. to it is to use the voice command where you just oh, really? voice command. I, I don't know where it is in the, in the app itself. I didn't look. Oh. I just hit the button and said energy graph and it popped up. Oh, it's, it, I, I used the button. It's great. Okay. Uh, so, actually, um, I really like it on my long trips because it lets me know when I'm you know, not paying attention. And yeah, it's been so, I mean, very, so that's very good. accurate. That's good that that at least is in the FSD beta and line as well. Just but. as a record, I'm on 2022.40.4.1. And yeah. that update, that dot one update came three days ago. So it's possible we may get FSD beta V11 soon because FSD beta is 0.5. So it's 2022.40.5 as FSD beta 11. Um, but they can also <clears throat> skip it. So they can skip over 0.5 and do normal people without FSD beta and the FSD beta people don't get upgraded for a while. So we'll see. Oh, um, there, there's yeah. one more feature. There's one more feature that you don't get in beta. And, and, and Doug's going to love this. <laughs> and that's because the, the sexy buttons don't work right in the beta. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, your sexy buttons. I mean, I, I, I've never used it, but, uh, and they're not a sponsor. So, <laughs> but your sexy button stopped working or, or no, 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 there, there's, so I'm on their beta and they've got some very cool features that only work with the current code base. That's non beta. Uh huh. Like you can why, actually why pre-charge. Do they change some some? Uh, There's, the they they actually have a compatibility plus? switch, whether you're in beta or not, uh, because of the code level. Something changed behind the scenes, and they. Um, uh, Joey's asking what about CC. Yes, if you use the sexy buttons beta, it will precondition for CCS one. But what what about for just the new software? Does does Tesla do it? If no. you say that you're going to charge, okay. no, it does not. I tried. I it it still it still only preconditions for supercharger. So if I if I type in EVgo or EA on the current uh, nav system, it'll take me there, but it won't precondition, which is really kind of sucky. Hmm. I had a hard lesson about preconditioning uh, recently. Uh, uh, Hard lesson. Well, it's lessons. not that hard a lesson, but you let uh, all the smoke out of your. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I, I, was, I had to drive up to upstate New York, and I was coming back the next morning. So I was driving okay. up that night, and and, and there's a supercharger right right there. I was like, well, it's late, you know, uh, and the supercharger's at a Trader <laughs> Joe's, you know. So I'm like, well, I'll go up in the morning, and I'll charge up, and I'll do a little shopping for my my spinach for my snacks or whatever for my long drive. <laughs> And, um, and yeah, what I really should have done was gone ahead and charged that the night before. Um, and then that morning drove to a further away supercharger. Cause what happened was, okay, uh, it's morning, the car it's upstate New York, the car is cold soaked all night. And now I'm going to a, a supercharger that's, uh, you know, a quarter mile away. And what should have been like a 20 minute charge into being like a 50 minute charge. Right. I think because the wasn't battery was cold. To, yeah. Wasn't enough time to precondition. And, uh, and it was Thanksgiving morning and, uh, oh, Trader Joe's wasn't open anyway. So, <laughs> so, I was just oh. sort of, so I was just sort of stuck there for an hour when I really should have just, uh, yeah, should have but had You're right. You're right. Control. If you don't precondition, you can take a real hit on your, uh, your charging times. It's, it's pretty eye opening. Yeah. So yeah. the lesson here also could have been, Doug, that you can precondition your car before you leave wherever you're leaving from. So you could have set it to say, hey, I want to charge and preconditioned while you were sleeping. 
and then been ready to go when you go there. Yeah, I just wasn't expecting any of that. Yeah, um, sure. So, you know, Alan Alan Taylor had an interesting comment about the uh, the new energy graph that and the prediction about it, it includes like wind resistance. You know, if you got high winds, um, Alan, you're absolutely right. It does. And even better than that is I drove it up to one of our local ski resorts and it was within 1% of expected burn all the way up the hill. So it act, it accurately calculated the battery usage going up 5,000 feet on the mountain. Very impressive, including the temperature drop, by the way. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That new charger is a lifesaver absolutely a lifesaver what are we what are we commenting on <laughs> so alan alan has uh he's thanking me for pointing out a new charger that went into blue jay um there's a supercharger in lake arrowhead but it's only eight stalls it's always really busy sometimes it's broken um blue jay is a little town that's maybe 10 minutes outside of lake uh lake arrowhead proper and they put in a 50 kilowatt ccs in chatamo and it's like the only one they have in the whole place that's not uh, supercharger and it's handy there's a theater right next to it and there's a burger place right next to it so you can watch a movie get a burger charge your car <laughs> yeah i mean i have to say mike is the expert of the group on supercharged at least as far as i'm concerned because <laughs> i have i've never supercharged my tesla ever i haven't driven far enough from my house to need to um, cause it has 400 miles of range. So as long as that, I'm yeah, blah, blah, right. blah, 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 you okay, know, okay. You know, uh, Tesla, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, he has a lot of a wealth of information that he, put, that he puts out about, uh, about the, uh, superchargers, which I find useful for when I do make some road trips. Um, it'll definitely help me out. So I do want to touch on, there was, uh, another big update or, uh, supposed Surprise. update in the, Surprise, yeah. feature, <laughs> Surprise. The new feature of the FSD beta. So the, the FSD beta 3.1 that we all have. So it's 10.69.3.1, which is on the normal software version of 2022. Right, right. right? So, um, what? so basically, the, the, <laughs> no all those numbers, waterfalls. all it means is um, <laughs> now they, it seems that Tesla started putting in code to detect people who are using devices to yep. cheat the system no, in no understanding weights, no water bottles. You yeah. Know. So they're starting to detect that you're using your weights. They're starting to detect that you're using your water bottles, your things to try to cheat the system that tries to get you to grab the wheel. It's, you know, the safety, the, I will say the safety, almost an interlock, but not really feature. <laughs> um, um, and uh, yeah. So if, if they, uh, if they catch you using one, they will uh, give you a strike um, and then you can get kicked out. How do you think out. they're doing it? Um, like, it, is it uh, that there's a constant torque? I would say you constant have a torsionary mass. Or are they, are they using the camera to see? Okay, so that's, that's I'm, I'm wondering if, if it's camera related, because uh, I've had a couple, I've had a couple long trips uh, recently and I did get, get dinged a couple times. And oh, yeah. So speaking of being kicked out of the beta, no, sorry, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I, go I, I was trying to keep him out of trouble. I, I don't want to get through all, all of that, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah. But uh, what I noticed was that I um, I think I was on a phone call and uh, and you know I I I kind of use my hands when I talk, <laughs> even though nobody's <laughs> watching. 
and you know, the thing only wants you to touch the wheel every now and then. And what I had found uh, that I felt like the cars giving you less frequent, uh, bugging you less frequently with the beta. And I think cause it can tell you're looking forward. I'll, I'll agree with that. So it's, it's not bugging you as often. But, Tom, uh, fantastic fantastic comment, Tom. <laughs> but, so it's not bugging you as often, but anyway, so I'm on a call and, uh, and I'm kind of talking with my hands and there wasn't even a warning. It was just like, dude, dude, you know, autopilot, uh, disabled for the rest of the ride. And it's like, uh, really? <laughs> <Already>? <laughs> so that, that seemed a bit, that seemed a bit harsh. Uh, but I seem to think it's, it's the cameras. Um, and, uh, and yeah, really I've had possible. a lot of long drives recently, and uh, yeah, I, I I tripped number five. Apparently, I was hoping that it was um, that it was you know within the last month because within the app, you know, I only had like whatever one. But it, it's kind of you know, on a long trip, it's kind of easy to to get a a ding because you're sitting there with your hand on the steering wheel, and <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. Sometimes it it it's it it alerts even though your hands on the steering wheel and you, and if you're just you know at hour 15 or whatever you're just looking at the road you might uh miss their their complaining i'm looking at the road not not the not the cars complaining but uh right anyway i think it must be the camera so i did uh i did try just as an experiment like okay what happens if i block the camera and uh and it won't let you even engage uh, right autopilot. yeah they, they oh, disabled really? that a few Ooh. few months ago you can't use fsd beta at all um <laughs> if you block the camera so yeah i mean i'm sure the camera is certainly a factor and there's different ways they could do it but just be aware folks if you try to defeat the system and they detect you they will kick you out potentially um and it, it's kind of sad to say it's a wide release but it's still a beta so they can still revoke your access still so keep beta. that in mind as well if you pay the two hundred dollars or the $15,000 and you get into the beta and then you get, you violate their thing too many times. I think it's five strikes, then boom, you're kicked out. Um, now there is a rumor going that once version 11 comes out, which maybe we'll get by the end of this year, um, version 11 actually removes the permanent uh, uh, strike system. So where basically it'll probably just say, uh, normally when you, when you violate it and you have a fourth disengagement, it just says, Hey, you can't use it for the rest of this trip, which really means pull over to the side of the road, stop, park, Put it in park. and you can, you know, then go out of park again and you can turn it back on. Um, but uh, so that at least will be fair. I think that's a fair thing to do is, is like, okay, you can't use it for this trip because you haven't been safe. But to say, oh no, you paid $15,000 and now you can't use the beta at all for the next X months because we've decided, you know, you tripped it. That's, uh, you know, that's a bit unfortunate but uh anyway uh so hopefully it goes away soon but until then um yeah that's just be aware that that's a thing um got a lot of comments coming in here <laughs> yeah. um FS fsd beta and defeats defeating devices are a very popular topic um but yeah so it looks like we answered a few of these so no you can't block the camera um let's see yeah, sometimes it uh, sometimes it does have false detections. Um, I've I've had that too, Doug. Where I uh, I was on a call, but like I wasn't. I I was one hand on the wheel, and I had one hand where I was holding a phone, but it was a speaker phone. So I just was like holding the phone off to the side, yeah. and it was going bananas at me. Yeah, like, you don't want the hey, phone. you're on the phone, yeah. and I'm like, well, yeah, I am, but I'm not. But 
I get it. And I had a so I, I had a friend with me on on one of these long drives and uh, and what were we doing? She was doing like trivia or something, and so she and it's off her phone, so she's holding her phone up, and the the road noise is kind of terrible <laughs> in the mall through at least on this particular <laughs> road. So she has the phone up, and it's kind of close to me, but it started giving. I'm obviously I'm not holding it, but it started giving warnings about pay attention, even though I'm looking at the road, thinking I'm holding the phone, right? You know when I'm not. Right. Uh, so it's not that smart. <laughs> it needs to be a little smarter. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, jo- I've had Joey other... says, uh-huh. go ahead. Oh, I was just say, Joey says, you know, he said, I, I keep yanking it out of autopilot, trying to acknowledge the system. I just turned autopilot off and gave up. It was making me drive dangerously. Yeah. It's, it can be very tricky, especially at first when you're new to the system. I know oh, yeah. I ran into that where I had a forced disengagement because I didn't understand what it wanted me to do. I'm right. like, I'm look, I'm paying attention. I'm holding the wheel. I'm, what, what's the problem? Um, I, but yeah, I, uh, sometimes you feel like you really have to torque it and you torque it so much it disengages and then yep, you look like right. a jackass swerving on and, the road. And sometimes it's asking for more input. Like I'm, I'm holding the wheel and then it's blinking. Okay. So I kind of move the wheel a little bit and it fights you really. It's like, okay, how much do you want? And sometimes even rolling the, like the volume, uh, yeah, the roller, little adjustment you know, wheels don't do it. Sometimes it doesn't do it. I don't know. They, they, so uh, yeah, I just have to disengage it and then re-engage it, which is kind of nuts. Yeah. I've also had um, some issues where uh, the um, FSD will just slow down in the middle of the road uh, because I guess it wanted to, I guess it wanted to take an exit and it missed the exit. Okay. You missed the exit. All right. But it's still slowing down. I'm yep. like, okay, but yep. you got to keep going now. And as long yeah. as I'm having to step on the accelerator, keep it going. And and I'm like waiting for the nav to update to give a new route. And somehow they're just both lagged and they're not quite communicating with each other. And I've gotten ding for like messing with the nav. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I'm still, still, watching. I can still see the road. I can still see the road, but it <clears throat> maybe because my head is turned and it, you know, it, it uh, will uh, give me a, a, a forced uh, uh, disengagement for that, for not paying attention to the road. Yeah, even though I am, I am. But yeah, it's, I'm, it's, I'm messing with it's it's uh, it's errors, right? I'm trying to overcome its problem. <laughs> it's it's certainly one of the challenges of FSD. Besides the FSD part, is the attention of the occupant part, right? Of it trying to be clear that you're paying attention or not. It's hard to figure that out. Um, they can only put so many cycles towards that because they need most of the resources towards the how well it drives. So I'm sure it'll be a system that evolves over time and hopefully gets better. But there's some some things to be you know wanting <laughs> at the moment. Um, yeah, so that I mean that's pretty much it for all the new FSD news. Uh, we'll certainly have some more takes on it um, at, in the coming weeks as we get to play with the newer version more. Um, I haven't gotten to use it much uh, since it just recently came out. Um, and uh, but yeah, we'll, so we'll definitely give some more takes there. Hopefully V11 soon. Um, that will be fantastic. Uh, maybe next month. Um, the, the last thing I wanted to point out. To not get too deep into the, tw- I'm trying to stay away from Twitter because I don't like the topic of Twitter. I already stay away from Twitter. I'm not a social media person, but the topic of Twitter um, is that you know basically some news came out that uh, Gwen Shotwell um, is basically kind of more directly overseeing uh, the Starship project at SpaceX, um, and it's. You know, it basically seems like it's likely because Elon is tied up with Twitter stuff. He's not getting to spend as much time 
on his other companies projects. I would say probably Twitter slash Tesla is taking up most of his, his cycles. So, um, yeah, anyway, so it looks so like real, SpaceX's management is kind of stepping in a bit. So the real question is, can we get a Gwen Shotwell for Tesla? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting uh, question because obviously, you know, I mean, it would be a question of can you get a Gwen Shotwell in general <laughs> for most things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a she's for those that don't know, Gwen is the COO of SpaceX. Um and I, a good COO is rare in my mind. I've, I've, you know, met a number of COOs. So I've met a few good ones. I've met <laughs> a number that aren't so great. Um, and it's one of those roles that it's kind of like, depending on the CEO, you can have different types of COOs. And she's the type of COO that can really run the company, that really can drive these projects. And you know what's and- interesting? I think she started in sales. <laughs> Interesting. Really? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. In, in terms of selling selling launch capacity to customers before SpaceX could even really deliver any. So Interesting. That's a bit of a pivot. No, normally, when you, at least again, in my experience, when you have a really strong COO, like running the company, doing day-to-day operations, the, it's because the CEO is very sales focused. Um, it's not normally the same person doing both. So it's, uh, but anyway, so she, she just has a sales background, but, but yeah, it would be great if Tesla could, uh, get someone like that uh, to drive Tesla projects and things um, since Elon has limited time uh, and he's now tied <laughs> up in some Twitter things. Um, but anyway, well, you know, there's, there's always distractions. Uh, um, I had a, a comment I wanted to, uh, we, had, we have a, a few viewer comments and uh, um, on the forum I wanted to highlight. Um, let me see. Let me show you this. So uh, this was in regards to the, um, Removal ultrasonic sensors. We recently released a clip of a uh, of a podcast we did some weeks ago, but uh, we recently just put out a clip, and uh, it's uh, James Locke talking about uh, about uh, Tesla removing the ultrasonic sensors and and the radar. Uh, and you know, we've of course we have had comments on that also, <laughs> and, uh, and one comment I thought was worth uh, bringing up. Uh, this is Undecided Two, who is uh, thankfully a supporting member. Thank you for being a supporting member. Uh, he said, uh, and, and this is in regards to uh, the ultrasonic sensors being gone, and then just using cameras alone to to give us that uh, near proximity sensor that the that the ultrasonic, ultrasonic sensors provided. And he says, cameras do not work at night in unlit conditions. I deliberately pulled into my driveway with a couple of centimeters to spare from the left-hand side front next to a post and no warnings. Pulled up alongside the fence and no more than 10 centimeters from the passenger door. No warnings. The cameras are useless during nighttime when there's no external light sources. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Agree. Uh-huh. <laughs> right there with you. So I don't know. I, I don't know what, the, you know, I, I like we were saying, I think the long term goal should be that those sensors come back once they work out the stack. But like, the, again, the hardware, actually, let me continue his comment. He says, there's no way firmware can be upgraded to compensate for hardware inadequacies. Um, yeah, uh, like if, if they stuck a like a some kind of infrared LED or some kind of illumination on the side, but those side cameras have no they have no, uh, you know, they have no illumination, right? So, well, 
So I, I do want to quickly point out mm-hmm. that oftentimes software is used to compensate for hardware inadequacies. However, in this case, I do agree with you that if the cameras physically can't see anything, there's no amount of software that's going to enable them to see something. Well, well um, let, mm-hmm. let's, let's add to that. So you were just talking about the side cameras. Mm-hmm. So unless you've got one of the very newer Tesla, like the Wise or the threes, for example, your side cameras are going to leak light every time you hit the blinker. Now, there's no software I'm, a, I'm aware of that's going to fix that problem because you've got a light source that's blowing out everything that the sensor is seeing. Tesla's fix is to replace the cameras, but they're going to charge you for it. It's not a bug in their mind. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I would, uh, that's annoying, but I, I would argue that, uh, you know, at least 50% of the time when your blinker is on, the camera is working properly. So it's maybe it's okay as far as the computer is. During the day, it's fine. But at night, that amber just completely whites out the upper third of the Yeah, system. but it's, but it's, it's watching. I mean, the, the light is flashing, right? So it's, it is. it's also watching when the light is not on. So that, that part of the data is useful. Uh, all so. right. You're stretching, I, but all right. No, I, mean, <laughs> I, I would assume so. I mean, most of the time it's looking and you and you don't have the blinker on, right? The, the amber is not on constantly, right? Right. So it's not. Murphy's uh, law though, you know, Mur- Murphy will bite you in the butt right there. Uh, do I do I want that replaced for free? Yeah, <laughs> does it annoy the heck out of me? Yeah, oh yeah, um, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, Joe, Joey Comedy said, I think when they upgraded the frame rate, they decreased the effective ISO or ISO, I should say, um, and they work more poorly in low light. Hence the uh, 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. ban, or that's not 4 p.m. What is that? Nine, nine, nine. Uh, I think it was nine. ten. What it actually is, oh, it shift key. It's 10 to 4 a.m. It's not a ban. It's just that what they've done is for your safety score. Um, if you're dry, even if you're using autopilot, uh, your safety score is reduced uh, if you're driving a lot between 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. I would wow. guess that has to do with statistics more than. Or, or does it? Is it because you think FSD is, or the autopilot is less uh, less functional at that time? Or is it that that's when you get hit by a drunk driver? It's, it's I would say it's, it's possibly both. FSD yeah. is definitely less functional when it's dark out, right? Amen. Um, so that's, that's a given. Um, now, beyond that, uh, statistics on accidents and other things, I don't know. Like... <clears throat> I'm sure more accidents happen during the day just because there's more, more traffic and driving mm-hmm. during the day. However, if you looked at accidents per, per car person, on the road, car on the road at night, it probably happens more, or at least like bad accidents probably happen more or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. That would be my assumption. I don't know the statistics on that. I haven't looked at yeah, it. I don't either. Um, but yeah, but it seems plausible. So I, there's probably multiple reasons that they, they do that. But anyway, it's, it's an interesting point. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement. More sensors in the future is probably going to happen or probably should happen. That doesn't mean it will happen. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully get version 11 later this year and see how that goes. That would be exciting. Um, any, do there any other comments you wanted to cover? Uh, Doug? well, just, you, you mentioned version 11. I, I don't even remember if we, if we mentioned that, uh, that hopefully all this getting kicked out will go away with version 11. Yes. Yeah. I did mention that. So yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully that'll, that'll end soon. Um, and 
yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, <laughs> version eleven, please. I would, I would like that version eleven. Um, but yeah, so that's it for today's show. Uh, again, we just want to thank everyone who participated in the live stream in the chat. We we always appreciate the comments and the feedback. Um, as always, if you liked what you saw, please feel free to uh, like and subscribe, uh, hit the bell. If you want to support uh, Tesla Motors Club in general, you can become a supporting member on forums um, or on the website. Uh, and uh, thanks to uh, Danny and Adam and James and all those <coughs> behind the scenes that are helping make this happen. Um, as, uh, feel free to reach out, questions, comments, whatever. You can post on on the YouTube videos. You can post on uh, the TMC site and we'll uh, happily respond. Uh, but otherwise, until uh, next time, uh, this is episode 27. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Laters. <laughs>